Hello, I'm back. Um, I want to continue discussing what I went through in my um, uh, travels, or journey, I should say. Journey as a, a rheumatoid arthritis sufferer. To get from the point when I was um, uh, first started out with it to where I finally wound up. Um, as far as like the symptoms and what it took to get the proper treatment, not that I'm saying I had bad doctors, because I never did. It's just that in older times, and I'm talking about the 80s, being older, um, <laughs> for some reason, for some people, the 80s are uh, not so long ago. But anyway, um, in the 80s and such, where, um, you know, rheumatoid arthritis was very difficult to diagnose. And it's not because the doctors don't know what they're doing or they're idiots or whatever. It's just it, it's very similar to many diseases, and it can be quite uh, confusing to figure it out. It takes time and tests and effort to, to find out exactly what's causing your, your illness. So what happened was, I, as I had said in my previous uh, podcast, I, start, I, I started feeling symptomatic at 15, and finally wound up seeing the doctor when I was close to 25 or so. And the reason was, I just kept dismissing it. I kept saying, well, it's no big deal. So maybe I have some arthritis. Maybe it's from all this activity I did. Because like I said before, I, I rode a bike. I, I pretty much raced a bike. I did mountain biking. And um, I swum. And I uh, danced. And I, uh, what else did I do? Uh, lots of things. Skied. That's what it is. Skied. And, um, and I didn't want to give up any of these activities. And I really enjoyed them. But then as I, as I was getting older, by older I mean entering my 20s, I thought I had to dismiss these, a lot of these activities, because they, it was just too difficult to do. But I'm thinking, well, maybe because I'm like old at 20. I don't know. I just, I just thought all sorts of reasons not to go to the doctor about this. So like I said before, uh, when I finally decided to go, it was because this particular morning I was waking up to go to work. Now you have to realize, though, also, I was in college at the time still, and uh, <clears throat> I had gotten this internship for um, a tax accounting job. And uh, um, I was working part-time there and going to school part-time. And I just found that I was calling in sick to work, and I was unable to complete the entire day. And all I could think to myself was, am I ever going to hold a full-time job? And if I can't, how can I support myself? And it was very troublesome, and it really haunted me throughout this entire period of time. And I, I was wondering if I'd even complete school, because this was toward the end of my schooling, it was senior year, uh, almost the last semester. I had one more semester go, because being a part-time student, um, it took me a little more time to complete my uh, my uh, studies, and it was because of, um, I didn't want to take out huge uh, financial loans, and at that time, college wasn't too expensive. It, it was something you could, um, pretty much anyone, I don't want to say anyone, but a lot of people could afford, but now, you know, it's ridiculous, but uh, back then also, I was going to part-time uh, community college, and uh that was very affordable at that time. I mean, I was able to pay for it completely on my own, only working part-time. So the times have changed. But anyway, um, so like I said, I was having difficulty at work, 
difficulty at school as well, and the point is I was in pain all the time. And as I said last time, I could not get out of bed this particular day. And that was really the calling card to get up and see a doctor. Eventually, I did get out of bed, obviously, but um, it just took a lot of effort to actually do that. And it was quite disturbing and scary. So I go to the doctor, and um, they they couldn't figure. I mean, a regular doctor, your um, your family physician type, the um, your what they call it, the PCP, the primary care doctor, primary care provider today, just the regular kind of doctor. And I, I they didn't know what it was, and so um, they I showed them where the pain was. I told them how much pain. How I was tired. I was very tired. Also, that's another symptom of. Uh, RA is that uh, you're very, very fatigued. It's a very fatiguing disease where you just want to sleep all the time. So if you're thinking to yourself, this person I know or a loved one I know, uh, maybe a son or daughter, gosh, he, she sleeps a lot. She doesn't seem to be motivated. She's always sleeping. She seems achy. Her stomach bothers her. She doesn't want to eat. This is very much like what RA is. So um, on the um, I see the doctor, and like I said, I was showing him, you know, where it hurts, what's bothering me, and all that kind of stuff. And they really couldn't figure out what it was. And, and now, you know, it's like 20 years later since then. So I'm not sure exactly where they sent me first, but they sent me to a variety of specialists. And unfortunately, they they weren't able to figure this out. And I wound up at an oncologist, which, if you don't know, is a cancer doctor. I was so afraid. I was so worried. I was like, I'm not even 25, and I'm, I have cancer. Oh, my gosh. You know, it was just terrible. I can't even put it into words what this was doing to me. And, of course, it, it took a little while to see the cancer doctor. And it's not like today, though, where uh, you have to wait months, and if you cancel the appointment, you have to wait another couple months and all this. You, you can see a, a specialist pretty quickly back then, but not quick enough for me, because I think it took maybe two weeks or something, but um, it, it just was like waiting to see this person was like torture, and I explained to her, you know, all my symptoms and so on, and uh, she says to me, well, we need to do a bone marrow test to figure this out, so I'm like, oh, great, and all I had heard about bone marrow tests was that it was very painful and difficult to go through. Well, we made the appointment for that, and I go in with my mother, and they, they administered the test. And honestly, it wasn't that bad. I really didn't feel too much pain. I think they numbed me up or something before they did this. I mean, they didn't put me out or anything, but um, I think they, um, they did something to, um, I believe, to alleviate the pain. But it was not horrible. It wasn't that bad. Not like I'd want to do it again, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't that terrible of a thing. So they do this test, and I'm fearing for my life that I have some kind of bone cancer or something, and um, they, um, they, they, we make the appointment for the results. They, they took longer back then for a lot of results as well. And um, I, I, I forget how long it takes, but I, I'm waiting this, however long it was, I don't know if it was a week or two weeks, it wasn't like a month or something. But it was too long, as you can imagine. So um, we get the results, and I go over to the doctor's office, and um, she says, you have, um, you should see a rheumatologist. 
I'm like, oh my god, a rheumatologist. <laughs> Here I was hearing she says, you, she was going to say, you have this particular type of cancer, or we need to take more tests, or whatever. And she says, see a rheumatologist. I was honestly so relieved. So, <clears throat> I um, I make up, uh, I make, the, uh, I go to my primary care doctor, and they recommend a rheumatologist. Now, it just so happens, uh, this particular rheumatologist was uh, fe not featured. I'm sorry, was one of the top doctors in U.S. News and World Reports. He was actually listed in there. He was at my local hospital that I frequent. It's a very good hospital near me. And if you don't know, uh, if you're not if you're not from the Chicagoland area, you won't know maybe what I'm talking about. You might because I think they've branched out into other states. Um, but anyway, it's called Advocate. Advocate. And um, it, it just happens, just as a side note, that this particular hospital, they have a uh, rehabilitation for you know, like drug addicts and people like that. And that's where Elton John actually was uh, staying during his rehabilitation. And I know that I'm not uh, breaking his privacy by any means because he mentioned it on Good Morning America uh, several years ago. So, but anyway, so I was at that hospital, so it has a really good uh, reputation, and at the time, the hospital itself was one of the top, what was it, two or three, it was like, was it number three, well, certainly in the top five of hospitals, Northwestern Chicago Hospital is typically number one, but this was like number three, so, or four maybe, something like that, high up like that, so um, I was grateful for that. But so anyway, so I go see the doctor, and um, he says, well, we've got to do a blood test. So I'm like, okay. As always, you know, they have to give the test. And we also ordered a bunch of x-rays. So I, I go get the blood test, and I take the x-rays. And I come back to his office, you know, as always, a couple more weeks later. And um, <clears throat> let's see what your results are. So he looks at them. And he just stopped. Like, he couldn't believe what he was looking at. Which is, again, another very frightening thing. Like, oh my god, what's going on? I think arthritis, you know, what does what does it mean? Because I, think I don't have arthritis, I'm like 80 years old, or I have arthritis. I wasn't too familiar with the various types of arthritis out there. So I'm like, what the heck could this be all about? So he says, well, my dear... You, you have rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever that means, just treat me for it because it was beginning to come, become painful enough where um, it was starting to actually interfere with my day-to-day. Uh, -day. I mean, aside from the work, like I explained before. But now we're looking at, can I cook a meal? Can I make my bed? Can I button my blouse? Uh, can I open a door? Okay. It was beginning to interfere with those everyday kind of stuff. And um, so I was, hope, I was so grateful to finally figure out what it was and to be able to get some form of treatment for it. But the, again, I was still thinking, what can he do for me? What do you do about arthritis? And so, um, anyway, so uh, like I said, he was looking at my results. And he tells me I have rheumatoid arthritis. I'm like, so, okay, so what's the problem? My sed rate, now if you, you're not familiar with sed rate, is the measure of the inflammation that's caught, that the arthritis is causing in your body. 
And there's two measures, they well, maybe a third one, but certainly two measures they look at. One is the, um, the set rate, sedimentation rate, and the other one is the um, CRT. And I'm not sure what that stands for, <laughs> to be honest. But the sedimentation rate, I think, is the more important one. And um, <clears throat> mine was 101. Now, that doesn't mean anything to most people unless you have arthritis, I mean rheumatoid arthritis, and you're familiar with the sed rate. Uh, a person uh, has normal inflammation in the body, and we all have uh, some form of inflammation in our body. Some of it from weight, some of it from maybe what we do with our lives and things like that, or how old we are and things. But typical person's sed rate should be under 20. And mine was 101, which meant that I had more inflammation than I can have because the most inflammation you can have is 100. So I was like over the top. <laughs> so the thing is, he couldn't understand how I could walk into his office. <laughs> he thought at this point I should be wheelchair bound, if not bed bound. That's how bad this rate was. So, like, well, great. So, <laughs> all I want is treatment at this point. Just please do something about this. <laughs> so, um, he fortunately starts me on a course of treatment. Now, as I said in my past uh, podcast, this may not be true for every person, what they do. But I think it's very similar to something a lot of people would undergo. Given most people's said rate is not quite as severe as mine. I think it all follows a similar uh, protocol of events. So, first of all, what they do, what he did with me, I should clarify, is uh, he put me on a course of ibuprofen. And I believe I mentioned this in my past uh, podcast. Where it's like it's like crazy. It's like an insane amount of ibuprofen, and of course you think to yourself, given this amount of ibuprofen, that's going to destroy your stomach. Well, they give you the Prilosec, and they might you know give you another one of that similar type of medicine. But I, I remember correctly, this was a while ago, as I said, um, it was like six tablets every four or six hours, just constant ibuprofen, and I had to undergo that for a number of weeks. I forget how long it was, but it wasn't like two or three weeks. It was longer. And I had no stomach upset because of the Prilosec, and I, but it didn't do much for the, the arthritis. So I go back to him. He says, well, how are you doing? I'm like, not so good. It's still pretty much the same. So he takes another blood test, and it's still the same. So the next step for me anyway was methotrexate. And this I mentioned on a podcast before as well. But what they do is they take, um, it's, I should say, what the medicine is, is it's actually an anti-cancer medicine. And it's so used uh, today, because they've been using methotrexate on uh, arthritis since I believe, RA, I should say, since I believe the 70s, maybe before, I'm not exactly certain. Excuse me. <laughs> it's very dry here in Chicago still. Um, where uh, it's an anti-cancer drug and they've been using it for uh, rheumatoid arthritis for quite some time 
and what it does is it stops the inflammation. They discovered that somehow in while they were using it as a, a very uh, important uh, anti-cancer drug back in the uh, olden days of the 70s. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, they still use it for cancer today, but not as often. It was really a more like go-to uh, anti-cancer drug back in the past times, and today it's not so used quite as much, but they still use it now for um, RA. But the thing is about this methotrexate is it's such a old medicine and so tried and true and all that, that um, the cost, it's not very costly. I don't know how much it is, but uh, it's, it's very uh, meaningless as far as uh, uh, cost goes. So, um, I was put on that, and they increase the amount of it over time. So, with me, they start with these two, it's only 2.5 milligrams per little pill. So, they increase it every so many weeks, or whatever the protocol was back then, uh, by one or two tablets every so, whatever. And uh, so, I started with two tablets, and then he increased it. And this continues over a period of time. Well, I finally am at the maximum amount. And uh, so he, um, he had to actually reduce it because I was having some side effects. But, uh, it, you know, to the body, to me, it didn't do anything to me as far as, like, side effects until I got to uh, uh, the higher dose. Where well, all I did was reduce it, and um, I, uh, I was okay as far as the side effects go. But with this medicine, it can um, uh, uh, um, affect your liver. And so um, they have to do a blood test uh, every three months. And also, they have to monitor your RA. So you're kind of stuck having to have these blood tests. But um, anyway, so this drug did not make a huge amount of difference either. So that left me with what we now have since I think it's about the year 2000, maybe 1998 or possibly 95. Uh, those biologics you see on the television a lot. The Humira, the Enbrel, and whatever else they're advertising. And so I, I was put on either Enbrel or Humira. And uh, it worked a little bit. But it was at the time, in this beginning time of this uh, the drug, um, I, I was actually feeling pretty comfortable. Because before, without this drug, as I said, I could hardly get out of bed that one time. But what happens is, when you have the RA, when you go to sleep at night, as, as a lot of people probably know, uh, when you sleep, you stiffen up. Okay? You know what I'm talking about, anyone? Um, where you're, you, you get like into a death trance or whatever it is, where you are very... Um, like unmoving when you're in your REM sleep or whatever they're calling it today. And when that happens when you have RA, and it might happen with other conditions, uh, is that the, uh, the arthritis is very painful. So it's very difficult to have a good night's sleep, which just furthers this fatigue you have anyway. And so since you get so stiff when you stiffen up, it can cause a lot of pain in your joints as you're asleep. So what happened with me, before I started taking whichever one it was, the Enbrel or the Humira, um, I would wake up 
screaming in pain when I go to move in my sleep. However, that works. You're stiff, yet you move. What I don't know sleep patterns. I mean, what am I? But um, when I go to move in the, the, my sleep, it would tear my shoulder. I mean, it wouldn't tear it. I mean, it would feel like it's tearing my shoulder. I don't have, I have arthritis in my shoulders and the blades, but it's not uh, uh, horrible enough to tear anything. But I'm just trying to say it felt like that. And um, I would scream in pain. I would be almost unable to go back to sleep. And so um, this Humira, or Enbro, whichever it was, uh, took care of that. And I was able to walk without a lot of limping and without a lot of pain. And I was able to walk a little better. And I felt a little better. And, you know, the problem with these medicines is they can have some side effects. And um, so the doc- it's important that you, you see the doctor and uh, that he monitors you so that you won't have the, uh, the side effects. So I, I did not have uh, any side effects with either one of those medicines. They work just fine. You wouldn't even know uh, you're on a medication when you're on them, except for the relief it gives you. And they're very good, and they work very well. And I'm sure many, many people have gotten a lot of relief from them. The only problem with me is that these drugs peter out. I've been on the Enbrel, but I was on Humira. Enbrel petered out. It just stopped working, and the doctor doesn't really understand why that is. And I think he's, um, other people have this experience because you medicine jump, medicine hop. You go from one medicine to another medicine to another medicine. And the doctors just, that's, I guess that's all they can do. I don't know. But when the medicine stops working, I mean, it's not the doctor's fault. And I wouldn't criticize the pharmacy, the pharmaceutical industry for it. It's just something that happens to a certain percentage of people with the psoriatic or the RA arthritis. A psoriatic arthritis is similar to RA. It's a little more severe, and uh, it has to do with the psoriasis, the, um, the skin condition of psoriasis. So, and they were testing me for that as well because I had uh, some uh, a rash on my face. And uh, that turned out to be just a little dermatitis. But they sent me to a dermatologist to make sure I didn't have uh, psoriasis because that's um, something that's a little more severe than the RA. Although there's not a lot of difference in the treatment. So um, anyway, so I'm on the RA, I mean, on the Enbrel or the um, Humira at first. And I moved to the the other one. And um, that, too, petered out on me. At first, I'm like, oh, this is so good. I feel so much better. And um, I was thinking maybe I could go to work. I was thinking of being a realtor, thinking that's maybe I could do that part-time and earn some money because I knew I couldn't work full-time. I was really looking for something that I could do uh, uh, without it, um, without necessarily uh, being a little money. I was looking for something that I could earn a little bit of money. Then I think, well, real estate, I'd be up and down steps and... Maybe I could just tell him to go in there and look. And I was just debating about this sort of thing. I don't know if it could have actually happened. But in the meantime, uh, I did wind up not doing that. And uh, the reason was it just uh, wasn't something that was going to be able to happen. But And also, at this point in time, I couldn't drive a car. So I was thinking of trying it again because I was on this new medicine. 
but I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can manipulate the pedals and steer the wheel and do all that business. Uh, because what was happening when, before I was diagnosed when I was driving is I was having a lot of time, uh, trouble finding my blind spot. I just could not move my head all the time. You need to do that in the course of uh, driving somewhere to see uh, in my blind spot. It was giving me a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty. So I, I was just afraid that had not changed significantly enough to allow me to drive. Because with me, uh, the more I do something, the more pain I'm in. Some arthritis sufferers are like, oh, well, when I move, I feel better. Well, with me, although that's somewhat true, if I were to sit too much or lay in bed too much or whatever like that, uh, sure, when I get up, I'm very stiff and sore and painful sometimes. But um, if, if I don't, if I do overdo, if I do repetitive action to one joint, uh, then the pain is worsened. It comes back. So uh, I have like a rock and a hard spot kind of thing. It's like either, well, do I sit and get some relief where then I'm going to stiffen up and not be able to get out of the chair. That's never happened. I'm always able to get up and out of the chair, fortunately. Uh, but um, And then I'm stuck with, well, now I'm standing. Um, uh, how long can I stand and walk around and uh, do stuff? without now being in a lot of pain all over again. So it's kind of like a, a difficult kind of situation as far as movement and such goes. So anyway, I was stuck not driving a car. Uh, at that time, we did not have Uber, so I had the taxi cabs and all that taking me over to the hospital. Like I said, this hospital was is maybe like three miles from where I live. So um, unfortunately, I'm blessed with this very excellent hospital nearby. Uh, so anyway, so I was on Embril, I was on Humira, and now we move to another medicine, and Simzera. And that's uh, not advertised, I don't think. I don't think, maybe in some magazines, but I've never seen it on television. And that, I suffered some side effects with that medicine. I was never very comfortable on it, but all that mattered to me was that the arthritis was feeling better. So I put up with the side effects. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, um, the side effects were uh, kind of like a hazy kind of fogginess I had um, about um, kind of like thinking and about like uh, walking through like pea soup or something where um, I was very slow in moving. It was kind of strange, but um, I put up with it because there's not a lot at that time, and that was the early 2000s. Um, there was maybe two, no, excuse me. No, it was later than that. It was like, um, maybe 2008, I'm thinking. 2008, 2000, no, not, maybe 2012. Somewhere in there. And, um, so I'm thinking, um, um, how can I, um, how can I, 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 I put up with this? Because, um, <coughs> Um, the, um, the, this, like, uh, fogginess and this, uh, slow movement, and it was just very odd. And so, um, eventually it stopped working on my arthritis.